What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Hey, Bombshell. I'm so glad that you have joined me once again for the Bombshell Business Podcast. I am your host, Amber Hurdle, and this is episode 53, Three Strategies to Increase Your Revenue with Alex Hubenthal, our Bombshell Business Expert on Financial Acumen. Um, Before we dive into this week's episode, though, let's talk about, or this week's interview, I guess you're already listening to the episode. Um, Let's do our shout out, Kelsey Gonzalez. Um, Kelsey says, I have only listened to a handful of Amber's podcasts. I love the content. The one that inspired me to write this review is her interview with Renee Keller. I visited Renee's website after they discussed her rebrand. You can absolutely see how Amber helped her communicate what it would be like to work with Renee while showing off her skill. I would love to just copy this website for my own business. The message of empowering, encouraging other business owners instead of viewing each other as competition is repeated over and over, which is so positive and helpful. These podcasts are designed without fluff, and since we're all busy, I appreciate getting to the meat and skipping the appetizers. Thank you, Amber. Looking forward to hearing more. Thank you, Kelsey. Um, Love the shout out. Love that uh, you took the time to do that because, again, you were actually helping other women discover this podcast and to um, open that door because, I mean, peer-to-peer reviews is like the number one way that we make decisions nowadays, right? And I'm like you, I'm super busy. So if a bunch of other people aren't saying, yeah, this is good, I'm probably not going to pay any attention. So thank you for doing your part to build the bombshell community so that more women can find out how to brand like Renee's amazing brand, uh, rebrand. And, um, and also how to just be confident in who you are instead of uh, always looking at the competition and catching that ugly disease of comparisonitis. So you rock, Kelsey. I'm so grateful for you. And speaking of grateful, um, we had an amazing first free webinar. Uh, September, you know, I'm doing a webinar a week to talk about the secret to building your business brand. I did go a little bit over, but I did get to answer some good questions. So I will do better next time. I'll, I'll move along a little faster and um, and I know where to cut out. So um, you definitely want to register for that. You want to go to bit.ly forward slash secret to biz brand. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash secret to biz brand. Or as always, you can go to amberhurdle.com forward slash podcast with an S look for episode 53 and the registration link will be there. Um, again, that's bit.ly secret to biz brand, um, bit.ly forward slash secret to biz brand. Um, and I'm doing this 
because there is a lot of um, balderdash <laughs> on the interwebs. Um, and I even kind of joked this last one that, um, you know, kids are coming out of the womb and think they're brand experts now and they're spreading malarkey all over the place. And I just want them to sit down with their um, goldfish and their apple juice and let the adults talk about it. So um, no knock to young people who are advanced, but there is a level of wisdom that needs to come to basic foundational things in business like branding. And um, I have no problem um, saying that because it's it's just the cold, hard truth. Like some things you have to experience, some things you need to be able to speak to because of uh, different trial and error that you've caused and learning at a book learning out of a book and then implementing it in real life are just two different things. So I want to teach you how branding fits into the bigger picture of your business and why it's so fan foundational. I'll give you examples of large brands that you know, um, competing in the same industry to show you what you can learn from them and how they differentiate themselves and how they use the secret that I'm going to share with you in a very powerful way. Um, you get a worksheet immediately when you register for the, the, the webinar, you'll get one quick notification from my webinar software. I can't talk today and I'm not editing this out. I'm just going to not be able to talk today. Um, <laughs> you'll get an immediate software notification saying you're in, and then you'll get an email from me with a link to the, to the worksheet. So even if you can't attend, you already have the worksheet, no big deal. Um, and we will send out a replay. I will do another bonus, but it won't be the same bonus as I offered um, this past one. Um, and I'm I'm just going to make sure that you leave being really, really clear about what you need to do next in order to elevate and enhance your brand so that you get consistent results and, um, and, and you know what to do next. Like, what are your to-dos? You know, I'm actionable. I like actionable advice. So make sure you tune in for that. Again, um, the next one is going to be September 11th. And so that is um, the secret to your business brand at bit.ly forward slash secret to biz brand. And so, um, excuse me, I said the 11th, but it's actually the 13th, 913 at 4 p.m., 9.13 at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. So that means that is five o'clock for those of you on Eastern Time if you need an evening time. And that is two o'clock if you're Pacific Time. So check that out. I'll also do one on the 19th and on the 25th. So when you go to the website, you just need to hit the drop down menu and pick which one works for you. But um, I say sooner rather than later, and you might want to be sure that you get in on the 13th. I do have some offers and when it's full, it's full. So there you go. Um, act on it now. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Mr. Alex. Alex is definitely a, a good a trusted friend of mine. Um, he started out as um, a potential vendor of mine. And if I was being completely honest, and we like to joke about this now, he completely overwhelmed me uh, because he's insanely smart. But he doesn't necessarily talk over your head. I just wasn't sure if my business was ready for like his awesomeness. I'm always very sensitive to making sure that the right person is there for the right time in a business. Um, but it turns out he is actually the perfect person for my business um, because he was able to see the potential growth and to see where I want to go and set me up so that I 
was already in a good position when I got there. Um, and so when I was, I have a really good friend who is a vice president of finance and she has a whole history. And when I was going over my options with her, she definitely thought that Alex was the, the way to go too. So we have been, <clears throat> excuse me, together for a couple years now, maybe almost a couple years. And, um, and I couldn't live without him. So that is my story of Alex. I love that he comes to see me and all of his other Nashville clients regularly. Um, you know, it, it is such a good friendship more than even it's like, oh, yeah, now we have to talk about business. In fact, I had to edit out like 18 minutes of us just chit chatting before we even like got to the interview part <laughs> in this recording. So a little extra editing for Alex. Um, so now that you know my side of Alex, let me tell you about his professional bio. So Alex Hubenthal is the owner of Bookscaping. His mission is to educate 100,000 small business owners and small business finance so they can not only thrive in their businesses, but in their personal lives as well. Alex has helped his clients grow their revenue, found ways to help them reduce their tax obligations, and has coached them on finding ways to standardize their business to add more to the bottom line. And ain't that the truth for me? So I hope that you get as much out of this episode as I do as you learn three strategies to increase your revenue with Alex Hubenthal. Okay, so I'm here with Alex, and we are going to be talking about three strategies to blow up your business in a good way in 2019. Benchmark establishing targets and establishing the budget. Welcome yet again. We have a repeat guest today to the Bombshell Business Podcast, Alex. Thanks, Amber. It's great to be back, and thanks for having me back on. You know, I got to thinking about it earlier today, and you are the first repeat guest ever. Does that mean I get a trophy? I think so. I think I'm going to get you a cookie, and a, but a gluten-free cookie. Gluten, gluten-free, <laughs> egg-free, flavor yeah. <laughs> yeah, no nuts. <laughs> no, maybe I'll just get you some scotch instead. I know that. I, you uh, know that. Scotch, scotch is good for anybody, uh, you know, anybody that uh, that is from Ireland or from that part of the world. That's right. So. So even though we'll have, um, obviously, repeat guests with our new uh, expert model, um, I, I really had never did invite anybody else to, to make a second appearance. So that should tell you something about what how much I think of Alex and what he has to offer you. Um, so let's dive right in. Let's dive into to the nitty gritty. Um, three strategies to blow up your business in 2019. Why are we talking about 2019 and we're... Um, not even at the end of 2018? Well, that's a great question. The reason why that we want to start looking forward is because right now in the very late stages of summer, the very, very beginnings of fall, if you're up near Canada, it's probably starting to cool off just a little bit. Um, but down in the south, it's still pretty hot. Um, we want to start looking forward to 2019 because right now it's quiet and you have time to think about what you've been doing so far in 2019 and where you want to go in 2019. Um, September is right around the perfect time of the year because, you know, the holidays haven't, haven't arrived yet. You're not running around like crazy trying to, um, you know, 
plan holiday parties, do Halloween, do Thanksgiving, travel across the country. Like everything goes crazy the last three months of the year. Um, and then you're hung over in Turkey and it's, you know, Thanksgiving and then it's New Year's and you blink your eyes. Um, so if you can get this work done now in September, you're going to be set up and you're going to be ready to go in 2019 and you're going to be light years ahead of 90% or more of your competition. Yeah, totally. And I know when I was in corporate, um, and this is why I look at it the same way now, if you are not creating your budget based on your previous year and your projections, then how can you make your goals? If, because then you don't know what resources you're going to be able to allocate to them. Um, that's that's very true. And what's what's really interesting is in the corporate world, the budget was always like a negative connotation. Um, it was like this, you know, orders that, or lines that you had to work within. And if you, you couldn't go over the budget unless you had like the CEOs or the VPs approval. And Which small I was business, really good at, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> I was really good at getting more budget. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you really want to, you know, look at the budget for a small business. You really want to think of it in a positive way, in a positive light. Because there's so many negative connotations with the budget. You know, if you think of like a personal budget, okay, I have this much money coming in. I have this much money going out. This is all I can spend. Uh, and, and if I go more than that, I have to start tapping into the credit cards or something like that, right? And with a business, we want to be focusing more on, okay, how can I increase my income and increase my profit first and then focus on how can I decrease my expenses later? Um, and putting that, that positive connotation, positive light on, on the budget um, is really going to put you in a different mindset from most of, if not the majority of your competition. Yeah, I like that. I, that's a great way of, of looking at it um, because it is. And, and gosh, we've been working together for some time now. And uh, I mean, you've really shifted <laughs> my attitude about a lot. <laughs> On the financial side, I'm like, I just want to help people and be right. creative and do what I love. And, you know, the, really getting into the, the nitty gritty of the business side is not every bombshell's favorite thing to do. So this is right. one of the many reasons why I love Alex is because he's not just numbers. He's actually mindset with those numbers. So pretty Absolutely. cool. Okay. Yeah. So first strategy, you have three of them to... Mm -hmm. um, to think about now in 2018 so you could blow up your business much bigger in 2019. What's the first one? What's the first step? So the first one is setting your benchmarks or knowing what your benchmarks are. And what your benchmark is, is uh, that can mean a lot of different things. You can say, what's my benchmark in revenue? What's my benchmark in time or cost to service a customer or service a client? And probably the most easiest way to figure out what your benchmark is, is something called customer lifetime value. Um, and your customer lifetime value is calculating what is the value of one customer to you in your business. And looking at how much does it cost to bring in that customer, how much does it cost to um, maintain that customer, and how often do they buy from you, how long are they a customer in your business. And if you can figure out the math, on those things, you'll be able to figure out how much you can afford to go get a new customer. Let's say if you sell a uh, physical product and um, you your CRM is based off of Shopify or something of that nature, right? And you know that you sell your gadget for $100 and it costs you $50 to make that gadget. So your profit is $50. 
on that gadget, right? But does that account for all the time and all the expenses that you have to to prepare that gadget or to ship out that gadget? Yeah, listen up, there... Etsy shop people who <laughs> are charging $20 for something that took you five hours to make it. I'm sorry right. to interject. Carry on. No, and it's perfectly fine. And, you know, one of the the biggest things to look at for your customer lifetime value is you need to you need to figure out what your internal cost is. And your internal cost is what is your hourly rate inside for your business? And that's not the same thing as a billable rate that you charge your clients, right? So like changing the gears, if you are a consultant and you run a consulting business and uh, you charge $150 an hour to your customer, if you charge $150 inside of your business for that one hour, you're not going to make any money you have zero profit if you think of it that way so you're starting to look at yourself through the lens of an employee and in all of our businesses we are all employees of our business we all make a living off of our business not just the people that receive a paycheck every week or every two weeks so you want to really figure out okay what is my time worth inside of the business and at what cost can i start outsourcing my my responsibilities to somebody else to increase the internal profit of my business right so Let's say, for, you know, going back to the example of the consultant, if you charge $150 for that one hour of consulting time and you, let's say you want to charge $75 uh, internal cost. So your internal profit is $75. So $150 minus the $75 is that amount. And then we start looking at, okay, that was a one-time customer. Let's say they come back again in three months or six months and they want your services again. So again, you have... The hundred and fifty dollars minus the seventy-five dollars for that cost. Now your profit is one hundred fifty dollars. Let's say that customer was a referral and it took nothing to bring them on as a customer. And this is the only time, the only two times that customer ever bought from you. Your customer lifetime value now is just one hundred and fifty dollars. So now, because the seventy-five plus the seventy-five for both instances, um, you can now say, okay, well. My customer lifetime value is 175 because my cost of acquisition was zero and I didn't have to put any time into getting this customer. Um, so now you know, okay, I know this customer, customer A, is this much to me. Let's say you have a different customer who buys from you a lot more and they've been around a lot longer. Let's say the customer lifetime value is $1,000 versus the 150 And in this very simple example, you now know what your best who your best customer is. It's the other customer with the customer lifetime value of $1,000. And you might be asking, okay, why is this important? Well, what's up with all the numbers? Well, it's important to do the math on this because if you know who your best customer is, you can go to your best customer and say, hey, best customer, I like you a lot. You like me a lot. Do you know anybody else who could benefit from buying my products or services? And you can go get referrals from that best customer. Why? Because your best customer is going to know other people that are similar to them, and you're going to have the best chance of success with those other referrals. So you can start looking at how to get other best customers as you continue to grow your business. So that's why it's really important to start doing some math on here. And I've prepared a fairly lengthy <laughs> blog post for Amber to accompany this um, po podcast with, this episode with, and it should be coming out around the same time so you can get a much better understanding of what the math is and how to calculate what the math is going to be to figure out who your best customers are and how you can start finding more 
best customers to find um, to find and help to help grow your business. Yeah, and even um, you get to a point where you are asking your best customers for referrals, but then your best customers also oftentimes refer you to other people like without, without asking. And, Mm -hmm. and so if you're really nurturing that best customer, then you can assume that in their circle of influence, they're going to refer people who are like them in how they do business and what they can afford. Um, And so, you know, a lot of people chase all different kinds of of customers. And one of the, right. the key things that I'm like, you know, find find that find your magic customer, find that one <laughs> person and then build around that one person. Mm-hmm. And so I'll give an example. And this is less this is more about, you know, building your referral base and, and less about money, which I will always defer to Alex on. <laughs> but um an example. So you're a, a wedding photographer and um you start out, you know, helping a friend for, for dirt cheap because you want to build your portfolio. And then somebody goes to their wedding, they're like, Oh, who's your photographer? Those pictures were amazing. And so now somebody in their peer network meaning somebody that is likely demographically like them um, in, in terms of what their budget might be and, and the whole experience and the social experience and everything. So, mm-hmm. so then that person has a wedding and then they're all of their guests who are likely the same age, likely to get married, you know, and it just kind of snowballs. So now you have this entire business built around a bunch of young, broke people that is not going to be sustainable. So at some point you have to find the one out of that group that, and maybe you always want to serve that community and find other revenue generation ideas. But if Mm -hmm. you want to elevate that experience, you have to find that one best customer and then elevate and, and try to get a leg up and get to the next um, pricing group of, of people. So you want to find, you know, the, the, most profitable bride in that circle of influence, <laughs> if, you know? Yeah. And so that kind of just goes along with what you're saying is right. be proactive about it. Go to that person and say, Hey, who do you know that's like you that I can help serve? And, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's awesome. Well, and it's also interesting. Two things to point out is that, you know, 80% is, it goes back to the 80, 20 rule. And I know it's so cliche. If you've been in business, if you've been around anybody that's been, you know, in business for the last 10 years, 80, 20 rule, you know, has been like the cliche nomenclature to you as in business, but it's, it's really true. true. <laughs> I mean, and not only in profit or revenue, but also in like the, you know, clients that are going to refer you. You know, 20% of your clients are going to refer you to 80% of your new clients, which to me has been 100% true. Um, and I think that anybody that's been in business for a, a long time or anybody that has a service-based business, professional service-based business, is going to get 80% of the referrals from 20% of their clients. And, you know, I, and those people are also going to be your top, you know, the 80% profit from the 20% of your client base as well. Um, so it's not just the referral base, but it's also the profit base. So when you start really pinning, you know, pinning down who those, you know, people are in your business, let's say you run like a, you know, you you only work with 10 or 15 clients, you're going to know immediately, you probably even already have a hunch without even doing the math, 
who your two or three best clients are. Um, you know, not only from a customer lifetime value standpoint, or it's also called CLP. So if I refer to that in the future, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but also those that refer you the most business, um, you know, those that are usually with the least headaches <laughs> that trust you to do what you need to do to get done what you need to get done. And they're going to refer you more and more business. And they're going to be the people that are shouting in the rooftops saying that Amber is the best consultant in the entire world. Yay. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's what they're saying. <laughs> so, so that's good. Okay, bombshell. So you can see that so far this isn't too painful. The only thing Alex has asked us to do at this point, at this point in the year is to benchmark and uh, take a, a little bit of a look back at what it took you to maintain clients or customers and then to come up with a CLV, so we even have like a cool acronym to make us sound super smart, and uh, determine what those lifetime values are so we can go to those people and help propel business for next year. I mean, that's pretty easy peasy, right? That's not exactly. Like, yeah. And we're not even like you, doing hardcore math at this point. You only have to do some, some, some subtraction. If you really want to make it really simple, all you have to do is say, okay, how much do I charge? How long is the customer around for? And how much do I charge internally? for the expenses to make, to maintain that client. So if you can figure out those three things, you're 90% of the way home. Whoop, whoop. All right. So step one is benchmarking. What is step two to blow up your business in 2019? So step two is to start establishing targets and establishing targets is looking more to the financial side of your business. So don't freak out just yet. <laughs> all, you, <laughs> all you have to do is look at the very, very, very top line on your profit and loss statement or your income statement. And that is revenue, right? So we want to start saying, okay, what have we done so far this year in terms of revenue every month? And now that it's going into the uh, third quarter of the year, um, we have an idea of where we've been and where we've been going, right? So um, let's say that beginning in the year, you were making $1,800 in January. And now you're making $3,000 or so. Over that period so far in the year, let's just take an easy average and give some round numbers. Let's say your business has grown on average $150 a month in revenue. Um, with that knowledge, you know where you're going for the rest of the year already. But now you can say, all right, well, if I've been growing $150 a month so every, every month on average, so far this year, because you know January might have made money, and then you know in February might have gone down a little bit in money, right? So we need to take a collective average over that period of time, and to um, look at okay, well this is what we're doing. What's the current effort that I'm putting in? How many hours am I putting in every week to maintain that revenue? Do I have resources in terms of time, money, or can I hire somebody else to bring in for a lower internal cost, going back to the CLV, a lower internal cost to manage my clients and help me manage my clients or my customers so I can increase, not only increase my customer lifetime value for all my customers, but also increase the internal profits of the business. Um, so that's the first thing you want to be looking at. So let's say if we're doing $150 a month, well, $150 sounds, doesn't sound like a whole lot. Maybe it is to some, maybe it isn't to others. But there's always more that we could be doing. And there's something that I, I learned from. He's a uh, 
sales and marketing guru to the stars. Uh, his name is Grant Cardone. And, you know, my history, my background is not sales and marketing. And I needed to learn from somebody. And I learned from him. And one of the things I learned from him was, um, you know, his philosophy is if you set a realistic target, you'll never achieve it. And it's better to aim for a higher or quote unquote, what he calls unreasonable target. Because if you fail re- trying to reach this unattainable target, you're going to end up better off than you would have if you stuck with the initial number you had. And so like what I would say is if you're, if you're working at $150 a month and averaging increasing in revenue over that, over the whole year so far, I would say double it at least because if you're going to set that higher expectation for yourself, you're going to force yourself to grow. Now, this is assuming that you have resources. We talked about that a minute ago. If you have resources in terms of time, in terms of uh, money, or if you have resources in, in the capacity to where you can hire somebody else on to manage more of your clients and to free up your time to go find more customers, then you can easily do that. But if you are strapped for cash, if you are strapped for time, if you have four kids at home, then stick with that target until your situation improves until you have more cash lying around to hire somebody to train somebody then then stick with that but if you have those extra resources that you have at your disposal then i would highly recommend at least doubling it uh grant says to 10x your goals your ambitions so if you want to go bonkers and increase your your monthly average income by one thousand five hundred dollars a month by all means go crazy um because you're only going to set that expectation for yourself and you're going to be the one responsible holding yourself to that expectation at the end of the day. Yeah, that's good. That is good. And there's, there's a lot of mental blocks and mental things that can get in the way of that type of philosophy. And we don't have time to get into that today, but mm-hmm. I just, um, we'll, we'll put him in the show notes uh, so you can explore that and see if that philosophy is a good fit for you. And my challenge right. to you is to, um, just be open to that. Right. Women tend and, to be perfectionists. So we're like, this is my goal. I hit my goal. If I didn't hit my goal, then I'm a whole failure. And then we do all the shame and all that kind of stuff um, that Jamie and I talk about in in her episode, um, the life coaching side of things this quarter. Uh, right. So, but I, well, I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 crazy to kind of think about that. But like, What's really funny is if you hang around like him and listen to him long enough, it's something that's like, you know, isn't it crazy just to think that you're going to do this much? Yeah. Like it's like it's it's playing both both sides of the spectrum now. Like, you know, even just coming from a personal note, you know, I I had a revenue target that I wanted to reach last year uh, and uh, last uh, December of last year. I'm still not there, but that's still my target. Right. Because that's where I want to go. That's where that's where I'm striving for. So that target doesn't change. Even though I didn't reach it, I you know I did beat myself up over it in January and February. I'll be honest, because we're human, we're entrepreneurs. We want to have you know the things that we want now. We we feel we feel frustrated if we don't get there, but um, it's uh it's okay to not reach the target. Only uh, only the only thing that matters is that if you hold yourself accountable and say, okay, well, why did I not reach this goal? Um, and I think that's something very important to kind of keep in mind. And then if you can, if you know the answer why you didn't reach the goal, then you go backtrack and right, um, right. go back and fix that problem that you're having. Well, and of course, we always talk about learning from our losses. So if you, you know, do a big, hairy, audacious goal and then and then you don't hit it and then you go, OK, why did I not? And you see that you did all of the actions to hit that goal like you you did not drop the ball. You didn't 
take multiple days off, that you called everybody that you intend to call, you delivered mm-hmm. everything you intended, you kept your budget on par, whatever those key drivers would be for that goal. Um, then you can take a step back and have a good idea of what a realistic goal is. It's like, I did all of these things and this is where I landed. Okay. So now this is, this is baseline. So now if you are the type of person that just can't handle, you know, going big 10 X or whatever, then, um, <laughs> which I used to not be, I, I mean, so I, that's why I'm saying that because I, right. I can understand, but then you can, then you can look at that baseline and say, okay, realistically for me, I need to grow realistically. Um, not me, but you know, used to me, <laughs> yeah. I want to grow 10% next year. Now you have an achievable goal, but if you don't push yourself to like beyond what you think you can do, how are you ever going to know what max is for you? Right. Exactly. And, you know, something even, you know, to keep thinking about with, with these revenue targets and, you know, not only do you want to set targets for your revenue, but you also want to set targets for your profit. See, we're starting to kind of transit, trans, transit, transit, can't get the word out. Mm-hmm. We're starting to transit into looking at the budget, right? So we're still like with this positive spin on things. How can I 10x or grow my revenue? Now I say, how can I grow my profit? Because if you think about it, it, in between revenue and profit is expenses. So we're not worrying about expenses right now. We're not worrying about how to reduce these things. We're looking at how can I increase the top line, increase the bottom line, forget what's in the middle. And by increasing your profit, you're going to need to ultimately find, figure out how to outsource your activities to somebody else to help you run your business, to grow your business. Because the more profit you have left over at the end of the day, the more you're going to grow over the period of time. And with starting to look at these numbers and doing the math and you know i hope you're not writing down on a notepad while you're driving down the interstate right now but (laughs) um you know you can start to figure out like let's say for example if you are a business service business that has a retainer client base right if you say okay my goal is 150 dollars a month that we were talking about a few minutes ago or even 300 dollars a month you know exactly how many clients you need to get next year yeah. to reach those targets, right? So you can start doing the math, just adding and subtracting. Um, and again, there's going to be a, a blog post associated with this on Amber's website. So you're going to be able to see all the math on this because I don't want to uh, blow anybody out of the water right now. But you know, you're going to be able to start crunching these numbers because you need to f- start putting this plan into place to hold yourself accountable to grow your business. Because you know, I, I hate to see, you know, horror stories of business owners going out of business because, well, you know, the main reason that a lot of people go out of business is because they're not financially stable. And financial stability kind of comes from planning, if you think about it. And if you plan accordingly and accurately, you're going to have a lot more success and you're going to be the end. You're going to be envied amongst your, your competitors, your neighbors, and you're going to be growing a business that most people only dream of having. Exactly. And isn't that the key to all success is planning? <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it? I think there's a book out there. It's called Ready, Fire, Aim. Yeah. <laughs> That's how most of us are. Well, it's there's... like, all right, let me go now and then plan later. No, we need to we need to kind of take a step back, plan now before all the craziness happens with the holidays and we're hungover and bottle or butterball turkey. That's right. Um, and get this plan into place. So January 1st, you can hit the road and start Pick up the phone, knocking on doors, going to networking events, doing those things that you need to do to put yourself in that position to where you ultimately want to go to. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So first step of four, creating just massive momentum already for next year and preparing for next year is, is benchmarking. Second step is, uh, let's see here, establishing targets. And third step is establishing the budget. So yes. what's... So establishing the budget is um, where the CLV, the customer lifetime value, and your targets all come together into one view. And this is your plan, right? So if you said, I'm going to increase my revenue every, uh, you know, $300 every, every month, that's my target. That's your budget, right? But if you, you don't have to get, $300 in revenue every month, that's just where your target is going. Like, let's say, you know, in business, life doesn't always, uh, I should say, never happens accordingly to plan. Um, you can budget out and figure out where your resources need to be to say, okay, well, if I if something crazy happens and I have an awesome month and I bring on three clients in the month of May next year, and I only plan for four, well, it's okay to not have those revenue targets met in January, February, March, April, right? Because as long as you're working through the year to bring on those things and bring on the, bring on those clients and uh, to work towards those goals, you're going to get there at the end of the year, no matter what you do. Um, so, you know, we've been talking a lot about the top line and the bottom line. Now it's important to look at the middle now. And one of the best things that you could probably do is start taking a, an inventory of all of your expenses, travel, um, office expenses like paper, if you have it, or um, I know everything's digital these days, but um, like recurring fees. Um, if you uh, have internal uh, labor costs, like if you actually have employees on staff, um, you need to account for those things. Um, and then you also need to look at your internal time costs uh, as well and put those sandwiched between the top line revenue and then the bottom line profit and all those expenses that you have in the middle, you need to find a way to reduce those by at least 20%. Um, and what you can do is say, okay, well, let's say in December you had a, you went on a traveling spree to a couple of conferences for business in December and you paid $675. Well, let's say that was, um, you know, that was the average for the whole year, every month, like every month throughout the year, you spent $675 throughout the year. Well, in January, we're going to say, right, let's cut that down to $540, which is 80%. I've already done the math, so I'm not a math whiz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the $540. Well, you would budget out $540 throughout every month, but that doesn't mean you have to spend $540 every month of the year um, on travel. But that also doesn't mean to go buck wild and spend $5,000 on first class in February and burn out the whole budget for travel for the whole year. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> even though the annual budget overall allocates for that money, you want to be, and I hate to say it, but be frugal, but in a, in a smart way of say, okay, if I don't, if I don't go travel to see client X this month, I'm going to have double the money next month on the budget to go see client X next month, right? It's kind of like the same thing. Like you know, personally, like Amber and I have a client 
uh, customer or client partner relationship. And um, I have other clients in the area where she lives and I do my best to group my visits to see my clients at the same time so I can save on my monthly expenses on the budget, right? right. So I have extra money in, in the travel bucket to do those things. The same thing applies for recurring charges. Now, if I can find a way to reduce my cloud drive space by 20% or my, my expenses there for my, my cloud Google Drive ex- recurring subscription, then I'm going to find a way to re- reduce that. So start taking inventory of all those things. And then at what you're going to do at the very bottom is you're going to find, you're going to take the tally and you're going to say, okay, put revenue at the very top. And then all those expenses that you know, you've taken this inventory of, you're going to reduce by 20% starting in January and keep the same for every month. And then at the very bottom, calculate how much profit budgeted you're going to have left over. Now, when you do the customer lifetime value calculations and you estimate with those numbers and the revenue targets that you've already set, you're going to have, okay, well, I'm going to have three clients a year. So that means every four months, your internal cost is going to go up, if that makes sense. So right. let's say it costs one hour to maintain a client, your best client, and you get a referral from your best client, who's also another best client. So we're going to say, we're, we're going to assume that it costs the same amount of internal time and cost as it does to maintain both of those clients at it's the same rate, right? Mm-hmm. So it's $150 to manage um, you know, your, your two clients every month for, for, for your, your best clients. Well, you need to increase your internal time cost in those months where you, where you budget out to expect to have new customers, if that makes sense. So in, it, it, like if you think you're going to have three, then in April and then in August and then in December, you're going to increase your internal time costs on the budget. And you need to make sure you, you calculate for those things um, and also if you expect to bring on more than just one client, or if you have a lot of customers, you have a product based business and your targets are, you know, to increase revenue by thousand dollars every month, you're going to have to hire on part-time help no matter what you do. Like if, if you're selling a $20 gadget and you expect to increase revenue by thousand dollars a month, you've got 20 into a thousand, that's 500, uh, items, I think. No, that's 50 items, 20 into 1,000, that's, that's 50 items. <laughs> I'm doing math. My <laughs> um, that's 50 items more going out the door. That's 50 more items that you need to package out and send out the door. So you need to also think about what's what are the implications inside your business, not just you know strictly from an expense side. Okay, do I have the resources? Do I have the revenue? Do I have the, you know, thinking about those things again, do I have the capacity to bring on part-time help? If I do, then for each bracket of revenue that you increase, you need to figure out how much more time do you need to pay to somebody to help you out in real cost, right? Not just internal cost, but in real cost. Like that's, that's another thing you got to look at as well. So, um, by combining the CLV, by combining your targets that you set for not only your revenue, but your profit as well, um, you can find a way to sandwich in your expenses and, you know, start working with 20% reductions. If you can, if you have the resources to reduce your expenses by 20%, then start looking at, okay, every time I expect to bring on a new customer or every time I expect to bring in more revenue, at what point do I need to increase my internal costs? At what point do I need to hire more help? At what point do I need to increase the hours of my part-time staff? And when you can start budgeting those things out, you're going to have this whole roadmap planned out, 
by October before Halloween even hits. And you're going to be ready to go for 2019. And you still got three months and you can go goof off for three months or you can get a jump start and start in October and be three months ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Which is, you know, speed of everything is, is what's winning now. So, um, being ahead of the game is, uh, being ahead of your competition when they're all on their Turkey hiatus, you're, you're good to go and, and ready to hit the ground running. So, right. uh, that's good. Okay. Well, um, we covered so much and I know that there's going to be tons also in your blog post that we'll link to in these show notes. Um, and I, I'm just, I mean, even me, like I work with you and I'm like taking notes for my own self, um, <laughs> which on my to do with you, uh, anyways, was to evaluate the expenses. So I'm glad I'm on target. Like I get a bozo yeah. button for that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so just to recap real quick, the three strategies to blow up your business in 2019 are benchmarking, establishing targets and establishing that budget. And with those three things, Alex says that you are going to be a bad mama jamma um, and a well-oiled machine for 2019 to really make things grow exponentially. Um, so I think, though, Alex, you have um, a special offer for Bombshells. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And I think um, we're going to put this in the show notes as well. But for anybody that I, I didn't scare off from, from this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, for the first three people that want to come to me and I will do this whole thing for you, this whole evaluation for you. Um, for the first three people that come to me, we'll do it for $97 and, um, you can use it and then we can set you up and get you ready for success and to blow up your business next year. Awesome. Okay. And, and I'm just going to go ahead and reiterate right now, uh, that is the first three, and y'all are a very responsive bunch. So if you're hearing this, um, go to bookscaping.as.me. Uh, I'm going to say that one more time. Bookscaping, B-O-O-K-S-C-A-P-I-N-G. It's like landscaping only for your books. Bookscaping.as.me. And book time on his calendar because you don't want to miss this opportunity for $97. Um, and you know, if you're listening for the first time, please trust me, ask around, read my reviews. I'm not a hard sales, pushy, pushy person, but I work with Alex personally. I would not share him with you if I didn't have full faith in him. And I know what it's like to not want to deal with this stuff. Like this is not the fun part of doing business for me. <laughs> Um, even though it is the core of the business, you're not a business right. if you're not tending to these things. So, um, one of the very first priorities that I had was to, to get Alex, uh, fully integrated into my business so that I had a, a, a trusted thought partner and it's a very generous offer that he's um, giving to you. So, and even if you're listening to this three down, three months down the road, still book some time with him because you never know what he's offering, um, at that time. So. And, yep, and I'm, I'm happy to hop on just for a few minutes. And, uh, you know, even if it's too late after those three people have already taken those slots, I'll also um, make myself available to you and we can talk about business and see if I can't help you out in uh, just, you know, 30 minute time time frame. And, uh, you know, if if you find value what I have to offer and you want to move forward, then we can talk about that at that time as well. 
Awesome. Well, well, Alex, as always, you're super generous with your knowledge and, and you just have such a way of boiling it down into digestible, understandable uh, tidbits that we can hang on to and, and process and apply to our businesses. So I appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And I look forward to coming back in the future, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy. You're, <laughs> you're, on, you're on the hook now. <laughs> so we'll talk <laughs> All soon. All right. All right. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit AmberHurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the BombshellBusinessWoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.